Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Got JC here with me today. And we are obviously not in the studio. We are with you in Texas. We have we are teaching in Texas this week. Going to have uh, some meetings tonight, meeting tomorrow night, and then this weekend going to be in Virginia. Remember, if you want to know about our upcoming events, please go to chrisannhall.com, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. And you can click on the calendar. Janet, who is my amazing assistant, make sure that all this information is in there and we are good to go. And JC and I know where we're supposed to be. And you can know where we're supposed to be as well. So let me just give you a little idea of what what we have going on tonight. We will be in Tarrant County, Texas tonight. Uh, So this actually, our show is actually being pre-recorded. Because at the time that we are broadcasting, we will actually be in Tarrant County, Texas, teaching about Texas and red flag laws. And then tomorrow, tomorrow, if you miss us tonight in Texas, you can also catch us tomorrow night in uh, the Colony, Texas at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Hosted by the True Texas Project, we'll be teaching about the red flag laws there as well, and America Disarmed. So we're hoping to catch you there. Since I'm telling you about our dates, let me tell you about what's going on this Saturday. Uh, We will be in Rocky Mount, Virginia, teaching on religious liberty at the Southwest Virginia Liberty Forum. That's going to be at Callaway Church of God in Rocky Mount, Virginia. So now that uh, COVID, I don't know, if you look at the records, COVID's not going anywhere, but the people are tired of sitting at home. We're starting to travel and teach some more often, which is good because, you know, we're getting the message out. But we also have LibertyFirstUniversity.com where many people have been going online and getting the training while we have been stuck at home home. All right, JC, are you ready to get started on the topic of today? Sure. I want to talk about the insanity of Nancy Pelosi. And and I don't know... It's a big topic. It's a big topic, but we're going to talk specifically about the fact that Nancy Pelosi, and, and this is this is the enduring question, I think, is Nancy Pelosi ignorant of the Constitution? Is she illiterate in understanding its terms? Or... Does she just Reject think it. that it doesn't matter? Mm-hmm. Right? Rejecting See, is rejecting it is one thing, right? But she doesn't come out and say, I reject the Constitution. Uh, very she few comes, of them do. Right, but she comes out and 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 asserts authority as if she has it. See, it would be one thing for her to say, I reject the Constitution. So I say this. But she says instead. As Speaker of the House, I have the authority to do this. So she's not exactly rejecting it, which would be different. She's saying, I have the authority under the Constitution to do these things, which is different. So does she actually believe that she has the authority under the Constitution? No. 
then why does she assert that she has the authority under the Constitution? Because she knows Americans are ignorant. Or they don't care. Or both. Or they believe that the Constitution is invalid anyway. I mean, there's a myriad of reasons, right, why people would just simply take her for her word and not even listen to what she has to say. So we have Donald Trump has commuted the prison sentence of uh, uh, Roger Stone, right. which started the tirade with Nancy Pelosi and now has and resulted in Mitt, and, and Mitt Romney. And Mitt Romney, too? Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Tell me about that. Oh, yeah. This is this is unprecedented, most corrupt action of any president ever, according to Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney doesn't know any more history than Nancy Pelosi does. And obviously no more Constitution, right? Right. So we not only, I guess we have Nancy Pelosi, we have Mitt Romney, but we also have Cherry, uh, Jerry Nadler uh, vowing to investigate the president over what he's done. Go for it. So here's the thing, JC, this is, these people are so blasted hypocritical. I don't know. So you, let me, let me just do a little review here, right? So we have Nancy Pelosi saying that she's going to draft legislation to stop the, to limit the president's authority to uh, issue pardons and to commute sentences, okay? But she's also, if you'll remember, she also stated that the Speaker of the House is equal with the President in in uh, doing negotiations with foreign countries. I don't know if you remember that. That was back in 2019. She said, because we have the power of the purse, and here, let me read this quote to you. She says, um, uh, Oh, wait, I missed it. It's down here. Okay. We are not a parliamentary government, even though we are parliamentarians, she said in 2019. We have Article 1, the legislative branch, the first branch of government, co-equal to other branches, and we have asserted ourselves in that way. So when Nancy Pelosi was traveling around Europe to, to gauge in her treaty negotiations and people started saying, wait a minute, treaties are reserved to the president and the Senate. She says, no, 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 we're co-equal. So we wow. get to do that, right? That's fascinating because people repeat that yes. word all the time, co-equal. Right. So, so she's now defined that as the legislative branch has all the powers of the executive branch. And apparently all the powers and, and, of the judicial branch as well. And vice versa? Yes. So well, we three, I'm sure not vice versa. So co-equal, but co that would be co-equal yeah. by that definition. Right. That we have three identical branches mm -hmm. that all have the same powers. Yes. Wow. Well, but and then and then people like Nancy Pelosi or the people that follow Nancy Pelosi will say, well, but Thomas Jefferson is the one who said we had three co-equal branches. Well, Jefferson did say that, but he wasn't talking about co-equal in the delegation of power. He was talking about co-equal in checks and balances, meaning if you are the legislative branch and the executive branch is acting contrary to the Constitution, you have means that have been delegated to you to check that unconstitutional authority equally as the executive branch has been delegated means to check the legislative branch. 
and of course the judiciary in there as well. Jefferson was never asserting that everybody had the same power <laughs> and that everybody was sharing it. Wow. But this is, I mean, I, I, I felt like, and I'm glad you're reaffirming for me that it's necessary for us to bring this stuff back up to people's remembrance, you know, because I covered this in detail back in February of 2019 when Nancy Pelosi made that assertion. So not only did Nancy Pelosi assert that the House has an authority in treaties because of their co-equal status, but she also, and they still assert that they have the authority to investigate and subpoena presidential private records. Now, what's interesting, JC, is that the Supreme Court just recently, which should be fresh in their memories, said, um, no, you do not. You don't have the authority to investigate the president. You don't have the authority to subpoena private records unless it is based on in and in pursuance to Trump. impeachment processes, right? You have to have articles of impeachment and then you can engage in your investigation. And now we have Nancy Pelosi saying legislation is needed to ensure that no president can pardon or commute the sentence of an individual who is engaged in a cover up campaign to shield that president from criminal prosecution. Right. So apparently, apparently, well, but not only that, Susan McDougal's already left the building. <laughs> Too late. Not only that, JC, right. Not only that, this is once again Nancy Pelosi. I'm, I want to show you a pattern here, asserting that she, in her queenly status, is above the Constitution. Does she? I want the people who are listening here, and I'm sure our Liberty First longtime listeners know this stuff, but I want to give you ammunition to teach other people as well. Nancy Pelosi, JC, is asserting that they can create a legislative act to limit power that's been delegated to the president. So Article 2, Section 2, Clause 1 of the Constitution says, He shall have power to grant reprieves and pardons for offenses against the United States, except in cases of impeachment. There are very few unilateral things that the Constitution uh, allows the president to do. This reprieves and pardons is absolutely one of those unilateral things. He doesn't have to seek two-thirds of the Senate. He doesn't have to ask Nancy Pelosi. This is a power that's delegated to the to the President of the United States. Quite ironically, JC, this is one of the checks and balances that exist in the executive branch that makes them co-equal in their check and balance, right? Mm -hmm. So if Congress passes a law that the president of the United States or operates contrary to that law to prosecute someone, uh, then the president has a check on the legislative branch through reprieves and pardons. His check is equal in effect on the judicial branch of reprieves and pardons. So if the judicial branch sentences Roger Stone, convicts him of something, and we talked about the Roger Stone case, what is he accused of? Procedural crimes. Lying. Yeah. He's accused of lying, which uh, his 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 sentence violates the Eighth Amendment of unusual 
um, fines and punishments and cruel and unusual punishments, there's no reason why the sentence he received should be uh, given to somebody who's accused of lying to yeah. the government. Well, it's, they also let, leave out in this discussion the fact that the jury foreman of the trial was a Democrat operative who was yeah. writing about the trial. Nothing was ever done about that. And then the judge, Berman or whatever her name was, violated due process uh, rights of the accused. I mean, so... Over and Total over and over again. Trial, regardless of what, and, and that all that's, you know, aside from whatever the guy may have done or not done. Right. Every single American on this planet is entitled to due process. Right. It doesn't matter what you think about what he did, whether he's guilty or not. That's supposed to be proven in a court of law according to the to constitutional standards. This was essentially a kangaroo court yes. that violated constitutional standards. It will be one thing if the guy was convicted and sentenced having gone through the process that everybody is entitled to. Right. But he did not. This is the point that actually undermines the argument of guilty or not guilty. You you can't just say, well, the guy did this. Well, if we had gone through a trial, a normal trial, and you know he'd be held guilty, then yeah, you say that. But you can't even say either way when you turn the process mm -hmm. into some kangaroo process. There, there's actually nothing we can say about what he did or didn't do because neither he nor the American people have right. been afforded uh, the the actual process in our system to determine whether he's guilty or not guilty. The violation of his civil rights during this trial was just extraordinary. Right. The, and, and the whole... So, so bottom line, he's a person that should be pardoned. Yes. Regardless of the thing. Yes. Uh, in the very least, throw it out, do it right. You know what I mean? Which at this point he can't be tried again. But well, he didn't get pardoned. He was actually well, just reprieved. True. So Commuted, yeah. his sentence. So he's still a convicted felon, actually. Right. Well, through the process of a kangaroo court. Absolutely, and I believe, and and this is what also I have heard, is that they that President Trump did not actually go for the full pardon because Roger Stone, he's a fighter, wants to appeal. He wants to appeal, yeah. and he wants should. to shove it back in their face. He wants to show them, and he wants to create a record so that maybe this won't happen to somebody else yeah, again. Yeah, and that's, I was going to say that's why a pardon would have bothered me, mm -hmm. because had President Trump actually pardoned him, then it would have left it would have let this absolutely corrupt judge right. off the hook. Who who then at that point you practically could do nothing to. So at least since only you know basically just kept him from going to prison and he's still able to do his appeal, you still have the potential of exposing this corrupt process and dealing with this absolutely corrupt judge. So we have Nancy Pelosi who's running around talking about how we're going to create legislation that limits the president's pardon and reprieve power. And, and first off, you have to understand that a congressional act cannot amend the Constitution. So first and foremost, let's, let's remember that, okay? So there's only one... There's only one uh, procedure outlined in the Constitution, 
with multiple facets, but one procedure in Article 5 on the how you... The fifth article of the yes, Constitution. The fifth article of the Constitution on how you amend the Constitution. In that does not contain a, an, a congressional act by Nancy Pelosi, nor does it contain a Supreme Court opinion, by the way, just to throw that in there as a bonus for your educational dollar. So if Nancy Pelosi wants to limit the president's pardon and reprieve power, then then she's going to have to go through the proper mechanisms to actually amend the Pro Constitution. Propose an amendment, uh, have it approved by House and Senate, it has, and then yeah. and then three quarters of the states have to ratify have to ratify it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So and well, then in it's a bit more complicated gotta, than her. And that's, passing a law. Oh, well, and that's even <laughs> simplistically stated, right. right? So that that sounds really simple, but in and of itself is not that simple. Not only that, JC, you also have, and I'm going to pull this back up because on the road things run a little bit different for, for us, but you've got uh, the House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jerry Nadler saying that he's going to investigate the president uh, over judi uh, over his partisanship and cronyism, right? For issuing this reprieve for <laughs> for Roger Stone. Well, apparently Nadler missed that Supreme Court opinion, in which, by the way, although it was a seven to two opinion, it was actually unanimous. Uh, the two dissenters actually agreed in the conclusion of the case that yes. Uh, the Congress has no authority to subpoena the president's private records outside of of uh, impeachment proceedings. And the two others would have completely thrown out the case. Yes. So <laughs> then they, that's the only thing they would have done. They were like, we agree with the with the opinion. We wouldn't have remanded it. We'd have just got rid of the whole thing. You know, we'd have been I done with it. So here we have Nadler, who completely misses that unanimous opinion by the Supreme Court that Congress can't just keep harassing them. What's interesting, JC, is that each and every one of these that I've listed, the Nancy Pelosi asserting that she has an authority to engage in treaty negotiations because of co-equal power. You also have them subpoenaing records and now uh, asserting that they can rewrite the Constitution. Do you know these all fall under the same category of separation of powers violations? Mm -hmm. That's what we're talking about here. And that's what happens when you get people in in politics, in positions where they think themselves to be monarchs rather than servants of the people. So our House of Representatives believes that it is now an oligarchical ruling body of America and that the Constitution doesn't mean anything, and that separation of powers doesn't mean anything. And yet our founders, James Madison quoting Montesquieu said that when the executive and the legislative branches and the judicial branches are all combined into one body or one person, liberty cannot survive. So you've got Nadler who missed the memo from the Supreme Court and has right now, what is like, when was that? That was two days ago, wasn't it? That was just, wait, no, Friday. So we're, we're now Monday. Just Friday, the Supreme Court says, or was Thursday or Friday, says, no, you can't do this. And here we have, on the July 13th, Nadler saying, we're going to do it again. This is, this is complete and total disregard. This shows you, and, and what's crazy is, 
Here's what he complains. President Trump has infected our judicial system with partisanship and cronyism and attacked the rule of law. Is that not what Nadler is also doing? By simply disregarding, completely disregarding everything that the Supreme Court has said now. We're going to engage all over again this subpoenaing, this, we're not going to bring impeachment against the president, but we're going to continue to engage in these violations of separation of powers and harass them. Now look, you, you know, JC, I've said this over and over again. If you're going to have a problem with the president and you think you've done something wrong, then put your money where your mouth is and go through the impeachment process. But you remember the entire impeachment process, JC, they never even once brought up the crime in, in criminal form, all the accusations that they had against him to begin with. How many things, can you call off the top of your head how many things they threw at him no. with all of this? And, and, and they came up with the lamest impeachment articles that there were. But JC did some research on this impeachment thing, uh, this uh, pardon thing. And you, in, in your research that you sent me, JC, was really kind of awesome. What's interesting is the history of presidential pardons. Yeah. I'm looking here. Thomas Jefferson pardons Eric Bowman in order to undermine Aaron Burr. Yeah, the whole the assertion about cronyism, in, introducing cronyism and, and somehow pardoning someone to you know, to cover your criminal activity as president, that's that uh, horse has left the stable a long time ago. Mm -hmm. uh, he obviously missed the whole Iran contra. Like, uh, who was it? George George Bush pardoned a whole slew of of those because he was exposed as vice president during the Iran contra mm -hmm. uh, issue. Um, Somebody it, brought Bill up, Clinton probably was the worst. Oh yeah. I mean he Mark Rich indicted on sixty five criminal yeah. accounts, tax evasion, wire fraud, racketeering, illegal trade with Iran. Yeah, and that was the whole I mean it was the same cabal we saw still in operation when you had the whole Hillary thing, trying to send Hillary to prison. So Clinton uh, Mark Rich was was a uh, actually his wife, I think, was a massive Clinton, Cam donor. Clinton campaign mm -hmm. donor. Yep, his wife. Okay, Clinton pardons this guy on tax evasion, um, illegal oil trade with Iran under embargo, uh, and and then there's a a prosecutor who is basically going after Clinton because of the corrupt nature of the pardons. They send in James Comey, mm -hmm. <laughs> takes the place of the prosecutor and says, no, no, Clinton Clinton didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, same, the, what we saw with Hillary, we had already seen that program play out. That right. had already happened. James Comey had already been sent in before as a hitman to, to cover, cover for the Clintons. To cover for the Clintons. So Comey was bought and paid for a very, very long time ago. Um, Clinton pardoned his own own brother for drug charges. Oh, that's right. I remember that so well. He, yeah, Roger. Roger I, Clinton, I, I totally think. almost forgot about that. Yeah, that so, was like a that was a 
was a bright blip. I, I wouldn't say a big story, but it was a bright blip. It was By the like, way, and then gone. I think Romney is part of the same cabal. Like he's he's yeah. one of the Clinton minions, just mm-hmm. like Comey. So mm-hmm. I think that's why you see uh, Romney coming out like that. So he does the same thing. But Susan McDougal, uh-huh. I mean, Clinton did it more than once. So you have McDougal, Susan McDougal, who refused to testify on the, under Hillary Clinton's Whitewater, another Clinton, Hillary Clinton scandal, the Whitewater right. scandal. <laughs> uh, and so, again, the same thing they're saying, Trump is pardoning someone who is covering up for his, you know, for his own mm-hmm. criminal prosecution. Right. That was exactly... Or his wife's. The Whitewater case. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Right, when they pardoned those people. Um, Clinton pardoned... Now, this has been a recurring theme of... The, the the presidents uh, on the well left and right really but on the left um, the Democrat presidents have a history of pardoning Marxist terrorists uh, so the FALN has been pardoned numerous times by several Democrat presidents um, which was the Marxist terror group uh, fighting for an independent Puerto Rico one guy Clinton actually had a, the one guy on the list when he pardoned the terrorists. And and by the way, you know, nobody remembers this. When 9-11 came along, then we're focused on Al-Qaeda and all that sort of stuff. But prior to that was the FALN. They were bombing places all over America, 130 bombings. People don't remember this in the 80s and 70s. Yeah, because it didn't get the media attention back then. Well, I mean, it, the it did then, but this current generation knows nothing about it. Mm-hmm. This was the most violent terror organization in U.S. history. And so Clinton had on the list, I think, 16 of them. One of the guys, so Clinton said... 12 members. Clinton pardoned 12 of them. 12 of them accepted Mm -hmm. because they said, okay, um, renounce violence and we'll pardon you. One of the guys, actually the leader said, nah, (laughs) not taking that deal because I think we should be able to use any means necessary. Our struggle is righteous and we're going to keep killing people. That guy was pardoned later by Obama. So Obama removed, you know, the 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 requirement That's o- to Oscar Lopez yeah. Rivera. And by the way, he celebrates. So then it's the same kind of thing, the Che Guevara phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And so you have people in Puerto Rico, like this guy's a hero. He's a he's a terrorist. He's an absolute terrorist. But because it's supposedly independence for Puerto Rico, which by the way, I support independence for Puerto Rico, but the the whole methodology was this guy going around. They're trying to bomb and murder and mm-hmm. kill people. Well. The right, the, so the, the Republican presidents, they have their own version. Right. So they support anti-Castro terrorists. So they pardoned <laughs> several people that blew up planes. Yeah. Uh, all these, all these anti, and so you have pro-communist terrorists and anti-communist terrorists, right? Mm-hmm. Both of the groups on either side go around bombing, killing, and maiming. If right. you're anti-communist murderer, you get pardoned by a Republican president. If you're a pro-communist murderer, you get pardoned by a Democrat. Uh, Democrat president. So that's been the history of presidential pardons in the United States. So, so the fact of the matter, what do you, t- what do you, what do we take away from that? The fact of the matter is, when you hear Democrats or Republicans uh, make their anti-terrorist, you know, gobbledygook mm-hmm. come out of their mouth, they're a bunch of liars. <laughs> they, they actually support terrorism as long as it's their own brand of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what we so have, that's kind of the history of pardons in a nutshell. That's that's just a portion of it, right? 
<laughs> right. I'm just looking through this list. It's very interesting. You know, I heard somebody bring up in the news the other day about uh, how George Washington pardoned people for the Whiskey Rebellion. And I love how people uh, throw this stuff out there in a way that that they have absolutely no wisdom or knowledge about the history that they're, mm -hmm. you know, involved in. You know, uh, most people don't realize that George Washington re relented his actions in the Whiskey Rebellion later on. He had gotten bad advice, some people said, from, from Alexander Hamilton on how to deal with that. And so part of his pardon of some of the people that were uh, arrested during the Whiskey Rebellion was him dealing with his own guilt? Was him dealing with his own guilt for doing this. He felt, I mean, Washington was probably one of the most uh, morally bound people that we had in the office of the president. And, and, and he was constantly checking himself. And that was part of why he, what he did what he did. And the whole idea of Eric Bowman being pardoned. Uh, to undermine Aaron Burr is, is interesting in of itself because most people don't realize what was that the whole situation he, with Aaron yeah, Burr. Well, he wanted he wanted uh, Bowman to uh, basically testify uh -huh. uh, so that Burr could be charged with treason. Yeah, see, and then most people don't even realize. You know, you talk about this present generation. This present generation keeps talking about how... Um, well, it's not a criticism. I mean, maybe... No, it's not. It's not <laughs> at all. should have been charged with treason. Oh, no, absolutely. But, but what I'm saying is... Jefferson's motivation. Yeah, but most people don't realize the whole Burr-Hamilton thing. They don't realize the truth and what was really happening in that duel because the present generation just simply goes to their gender studies class and learns American history that Alexander Hamilton was a womanizer and that's why they had the duel, right? So that's the new modern uh, story on that. But we, I, look at this, we have, um, I thought this was interesting. You have in your history lesson here, uh, Warren Harding's attorney general was known for selling pardons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and Harding, Harding uh, pardoned, uh, so was a mob the guy Ignacio was a, Lupo yeah was a yeah. mafia hitman hit mobster hitman during, during uh, um not prohibition but it, it had to do with mm -hmm. with uh, bootlegging and you know all that sort of thing right then you have FDR who who uh, who pardons his own political crony Conrad Mann yeah right and then uh, let's see let's go down. <laughs> I thought this was funny. Richard Nixon. Again, well, who's pardoned. another corrupt politician? Right, George exactly. Caldwell was one under Truman. Truman. So these were corrupt politicians, insiders, you know. Mm -hmm. um, Richard Nixon pardoned Jimmy Hoffa, which I thought was pretty funny. And then Gerald Ford turned around and pardoned Richard Nixon. Right. <laughs> yep. But what we have. Um, and people forget the, the um, Reagan. Mm -hmm. First off, the Iran Contra. Scandal. Most people don't even know what that is anymore. It's the Iran Contra uh, scandal, where that you basically had people inside the Reagan administration, and of course the argument was how much Reagan knew, what did he know, and all this sort of stuff. Which I think he knew. He knew pretty much everything that was going on. I think you know when you look at the insider documents and his the, the couple of speeches that he gave, mm -hmm. you know, changing stances and and whatever. Uh, Reagan Reagan was as aware as Oliver North of everything that was going on. So, but regardless, um, it was these guys were uh, um, selling 
arms to Iran, to right. Hezbollah terrorists in Iran. And again, this is the, the Republican theme to fund um, anti-communist, anti-communist uh, Sandinistas in right. Nicaragua. So their goal was to overthrow the communists in Nicaragua. Well, it's the same with the creation of Al-Qaeda. We armed and trained Al-Qaeda to right. overthrow the communists in Russia. Yeah. So it's the same thing. But uh, let's see. Uh, so you say, you know, what, what's the thing the the um, uh, violence is... Or extremism is no vice, or whatever that that, the, the, that the kind of mantra for for the right is in the in the fight against communism. Extremism is no vice, right? So, mm-hmm. it, if you can, if if the goal is fight fight the communists, then terror is okay, murder is okay, you know, selling arms to terrorists is okay. I mean that that's the thing, and some people and some people might argue, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> now I, I think. I think it's That's something just been the way it is. that I, I want to drop out there is that we're not defending any of these parties. No, we're it's not. Just history. It, it, this is this is history. It's just history. And we're not saying that the that presidents have not used the power of pardon for their own political gain for cronyism. We're telling you that it's not re, it's not related to one president. I, I and it's hypocritical right. for them to act like Donald Trump invented. Yeah. Pardons uh, for to to help his friends, right? It's just yeah. this is something. First how off, many to- how many criminals did Barack Obama let out of prison? Right. I mean, this is this is something that we've got to get a handle on, and we're being. And why do we have to get a handle on that? We have to get a handle on that because we're being manipulated by the media. The media is manipulating facts. In the minds of a very unsuspecting and susceptible generation of people who have this kind of, how did you describe this? It's like if it didn't happen before I became aware of it, it never happened. Yeah. It's, oh, it's it's actually, it's a psychological term that they use with babies, like visual permanence, right? Right, permanence. Yeah. Right. So if I'm playing with a baby and all of a sudden I hide a toy behind my back. It doesn't exist. The toy does not exist. <laughs> That's how the peekaboo works. Out, yeah, right? peekaboo. Right. Because <laughs> the baby, like you, you vanished. You literally vanished. They can't see your face, and now you're gone. Right. From an adult perspective, it's why is this moron putting their hands in front of their face? Like right. for the baby, the right. the person is gone, and then they magically reappear. So that's that's the this generation with with history. It's it's a frontal. It's it's an <laughs> undeveloped frontal lobe issue. Yeah. If you want to talk about it physiologically, it's an so, undeveloped frontal lobe issue. So, so for the baby them, doesn't get that. We've got a whole generation yeah, of people. Yeah. So for them, <laughs> with undeveloped right. frontal lobes. For them, for those that are being honest. So for for them, what Trump did has never happened before. Right. Um, never. First off, in the history of America. <laughs> first off, I, when you look at the pardons that he's issued. I, number one, I don't think they fit the bill. I don't think this is a matter of he's my buddy and he did bad things, so I'm going to pardon him. Now, he's my well, I don't he's know, maybe my the, friend. The four okay, go ahead. He's oh, my okay. friend, right? Mm-hmm. Like, is Trump would Trump pardon some? Just is he pardon some guy he doesn't know who's been in a similar situation, mistreated mm-hmm. by judicial system? Um, 
Not consistently, no. So is there some nepotism in the sense of this guy's connected? Well, sure. That's, in fact, been the history of pardons. Right. Like people who are regular Joe off the street, no president's reading the newspaper and, go, and, and, and seeing what happened to somebody and go, you know, I'm, I'm going to pardon that guy. It's all somebody's lobbied, somebody has connections. So, no, there's nothing unprecedented about that. That's the way pardons have happened since pardons began. Mm-hmm. Number two, um, this the trials and, and the charges and the things going on with the people that Trump has pardoned, just like Joe Arpaio, right. have, have been outrageous. They're, they're outrageous abuses of judicial activism, uh, particularly leftist judicial activism. Well, he did pardon that guy over bribery in the yeah, NFL. Now that, 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 that was probably that. pure cronyism, cronyism, right? That's what some, was that dude's Some name? rich guy, well, that was Chad Chronister's father-in-law. Oh, yeah, that's um, right. So that, that's, that's the one. So the one, I think if you want to point to one pardon that Trump's made, right. that is pure cronyism and pure influence peddling, again, that's the history of pardons is influence peddling. Um, that'd be that guy. But then to say, oh, this is unprecedented. Trump's done, mm-hmm. done it. No, Trump's done less probably than most presidents in the history of America in that regard. Well, he certainly didn't grant clemency to Marxist terrorists and not, no, pardons. Not yet. Nor Cuban terrorists, nor no. anti-Castro terrorists. Right. Yet. <laughs> but that's been the pattern of Republican presidents. So he's still due to pardon an anti-Castro terrorist. Um, but he hasn't done that. So maybe Trump will be more even handed than, than most Republican presidents have been. Um, he's not going to pardon a Marxist terrorist. That'll be the next Democrat president. Joe Biden will do that if he wins. He'll pardon Marxist terrorists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we have plenty, plenty more candidates. I mean, you got the, the BLM and, uh, and REM on the rise with uh, yes. the Coolers and, and these people. So you have a lot, a lot of candidates now on the rise for the next Democrat president to pardon some Marxist terrorists, like a lot of these guys that, that you know, uh, torch these businesses. I, I think those are Marxist terrorists, yeah. really. Um, so those have been, those have just been thrown out and not prosecuted. But yeah. anyway, the history, I think what do, one takeaway, the history of pardons, pardons in American history have not been some touchy feely, nice fairy tale, pardon the good guy yeah. story. It's been about Influence, connection, power. Well, but you don't get in the presidential radar unless you have influence to begin with. No. I would say that you know of of the least of which uh, you have Washington pardoning the the average Joe for the whiskey rebellion, which may have. But you could, and you, you have, but you, you have could Jefferson. put that. You could put that in the realm of cover up right. in the sense of. Je- Washington saying, I don't want to, you know, the bad finger pointed at me for right. this bad thing that I now regret. Well, you also so have in, in his self interest. Jefferson also pardoned everybody that was prosecuted um, under Adams' regime for the the violations of the, the uh, Alien and Sedition Act, yeah. which, although the just thing to do, could also be said that it was done because he hated Adams. He hated Adams <laughs> and Adams' party, you know, but. But I think that was a just. See, some of them you can look at. Some of the pardons that have happened have been correcting mm-hmm. wrongs right. in the prosecution and judicial systems. But you don't. But your but your point taken is is that you're not going to have the president pardoning somebody like 
a the nobody. Amish farmer who's yeah. in prison for his the label on his salve, right? Yeah. So how he, are you? He gonna... did pardon. He did pardon some Bundys, right? Trump, I think, pardoned uh, the Bundys, or, or now you're going to tell those. me I don't know. You throw me on the spot. I don't remember. No, some some involved in that. I thought he pardoned someone. Yeah, um, I think you're right, but I'm going to look at or Hammonds. The Hammonds. The Hammonds. Maybe. There you go. Yeah. So, you know, again, that's that's the mixed. That's the history of pardons. Yeah, so he and he many, pardoned the Hammonds. Pardons pardons have been, I think, generally in uh, one of several categories. One, writing a wrong mm-hmm. of an abusive criminal justice system. Right. There have been many of those instances mm-hmm. with all presidents, right. regardless of party. Mm-hmm. Um, the others have been, I would say, in the realm of cover up. Right. Uh, particularly covering up something that involved the person giving the pardon or one of their allies. Um, it's been cronyism right. uh, as far as someone who wields power or connection to either the president or politically powerful people. Um, and that's pretty much, oh, I guess another would be the ideological. I mean, because when you talk about pardoning terrorists, yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's like it's okay as long as their ideology aligns with mine, right? You know, that right. I mean, it kind of be like just because I'm a Christian and I would pardon someone who who went and assassinated uh, abortion doctors and blew up clinics. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? While I think those doctors were murderers, it's still murder to murder them. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's that's an extrajudicial killing, right? If they're going to be put to death, do it through the judicial process. So absolutely, but that would be an ideological alignment akin to these presidents pardoning terrorists, right? And I don't, I don't think I, I don't think I would do that as president. Just because you're anti-Castro, I'm not for you going around blowing people up. Yeah. So it's a strange thing. That presidents have engaged in on both sides of the aisle uh, as as part of American history is it's very bizarre to me. Well, there does come a time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the course of human <laughs> events, when it's necessary to right wrongs to take up arms against your no, government, so no question. I think Mr. Bonhoeffer might. <laughs> have something to say about that as well as what, the, the 56 signers of our Declaration of Independence. What is the same? Politics makes strange bedfellows, right? Yes. So like, if you're against Castro, then go blow up a plane full of people. That's okay. I, I don't think that's okay. No. I think <laughs> if you're against Castro, you do like Bonhoeffer did and try to figure out how to kill Castro. <laughs> right. Which was right? impossible. Right. I mean, CIA proved the guy was unkillable, basically. Mm. So I guess then you got to go unless, blow up planes. Unless he had many body doubles. and then, Because, yeah. you know, the head at some point becomes irrelevant when the he becomes a figurehead, right? You just need somebody to stand up there and... So, everything you wanted to know about pardons. There you go. Just to help you combat the misinformation, the manipulation that you're seeing out there today. And I realize that you guys get this. You guys are, you know this. You 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 can now 
identify the misinformation. But I think it's better for us when we can encapsulate the response for you and help you in your direction to undermine and take back the narrative of truth, because that's what we want to do here. Well, another interesting thing I, I would add is that most presidents have pardoned over 300 people. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing I think you would have to do is, you know, look at the pardons on balance. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know how many Trump has pardoned up to this point, but, you know, Carter pardoned over 500 people, I think. Uh, Clinton was 400 plus, um, you know, so uh, Reagan, same thing, a, a ton. If the president needs to pardon so over apt to be four or five people that are yeah. questionable. If, if the president as a check and balance has to pardon over 400 people yeah. in a term of four years, over 100 people a year, sometimes you know, maybe 125, yeah. 150 a year. The, the president's not the problem. The president is not <laughs> the problem. Yeah, your judicial system is the problem. The president is not the problem. But here's the crazier thing, JC. If the president actually used pardon power to to correct the wrongs of the judicial system. Yeah. He'd be pardoning thousands, thousands, thousands. of people a year. <laughs> thousands so Trump, of people Trump a year. Trump should not pardon fewer people. He should pardon more. He people. should pardon more people. People with less influence. People with, with less media time. People who have been, you know, subject to these, these terrible misjustices of law. But I, not people who have got, blown up planes. Yeah, but not people who have blown up planes. You know, I, I don't know... <laughs> I, again, I, I just want to, we, t I, on Friday, I talked about the, uh, prosecutor in St. Louis, JC, Kim Garner, who, by the way, not the Kim Garner that you and I know, who's a prosecutor or mm -hmm. an attorney as well. But I, I looked at it, I was like, I kept thinking, am I saying the wrong name? Cause JC and I have an attorney friend whose name is Kim Garner, but she's not the Kim Garner in, in, uh, St. Louis. But you have that prosecutor who is, who's made public statements against these people who are defending their homes, as I pointed out on Friday, which is falls well within the Missouri Constitution, which says, did you know the Missouri Constitution says that the people of Missouri have a right to keep and bear arms specifically to defend their homes? Yeah. Specifically to defend their homes. Yeah. I, but I, I think it's, it's, Im, it's important, I think, to talk about some lessons from that as well. I mean, we want to we want to defend their right and that sort of thing. And I I'm 100 percent in agreement with that. However, you can learn people watching this can learn yeah. from their, for lack of a better term, stupidity. You have to be smart about what you're doing. A couple lessons learned here. Number one. There are cell phones everywhere. You have to assume you're being filmed, number one, mm -hmm. okay? Number two, you cannot, don't, let me just say it like this. Keep your finger off the trigger. Yeah. That's stupid. Do well, not stick your finger in the trigger guard unless you intend to fire. You are setting yeah. yourself up, right or wrong, for potential prosecution. Number but three. She, she obviously lacked training. Because that's training that's, number one. So that's what I'm saying. So that's that's Oops, what I'm training. saying. You run out there untrained. You run out there half cocked. Okay. Number three, don't level your firearm at people. Okay. You 
again, we can talk. You have a right to defend your property. Somebody comes on my property. You can talk tough guy all day long, but you're not guaranteeing not to be prosecuted when you start leveling your firearm at human beings who are not pointing firearms at you. So yeah. I, well, I, I agree I, with their rights, mm-hmm. but there were some some practical problems in how they went about what they're doing. Well, number Be one, smart people. I don't care if you have a camera on me. Um, I don't. I have a right to defend my property. They have the right to defend their property with with firearms. I don't believe there's anything wrong with them stepping out on their front porch with their firearms. I don't believe there was anything wrong with them. And, and the Constitution agrees with that, as well as as uh, Missouri law. You can defend your property, and defending your property from the bedroom window is not part of defending your property. So they did not leave their property. They did not leave their porch. So in that, you know, the camera thing is not bothering me. Uh, what I'm what, saying what is, is, if a camera is running... Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to see your finger on the trigger. Yeah. If the camera is running, somebody's going to see you level your barrel at a human body. The the question then becomes, JC, this this is this is what did not happen in this situation. But what could have happened in this situation because we've seen these Antifa people, we've seen them. We have a friend in in uh uh Oregon who who was physically assaulted. Mm-hmm. by these people, right? So the next case scenario, thank God didn't happen this time, but you're standing on your front porch protecting your home and they rush at you. Then you level the barrel and put your finger right. on the trigger. That's the, that's the point at which we need to, to realize uh, I have just as much right at that moment as I do to stand on my front porch and warn you that I have the capability of doing that. Yes. I have absolutely. the capability of doing that. And the fact now that the the prosecutor is saying uh, these people, she first she calls them peaceful protesters, and that we have to protect the peaceful protesters from the chilling effect of people stopping their peaceful protest. Number one, they weren't peaceful protesters. They were trespassers criminally. They were... Uh, they were vandalists. They they tore down the gate to this private gated community that has a big sign that says private, no entry uh, except for residents. And you also now have them not only trespassing, not only having destroyed property, but now they have printed in the in Facebook and in, and saying at the meetings we're gonna sh- are, are at this quote unquote assembly, we're gonna burn your house down and we're gonna take, you know, over yeah. your neighborhood. So she's calling them peaceful protesters while lobbying criminal accusations at the people who were defending their homes, engaging in red flag tactics to go take their weapons from them. Which is another part of my point, and I you know, I know the rabid tough guys are not even gonna hear anything I'm saying. <laughs> um, Be smart. You, you have prosecutors out there Looking for this, yeah. They sent. They are sending people mm-hmm. to provoke you to do these things. Yeah. So that's my point. Do what you do smartly. If you run out, ah, you know you're, you know, a tough guy. Take it from my cold dead hands, and you know you're going to run out like Rambo, pointing your gun at anybody. You're pretty much guaranteed 
to be prosecuted. Yeah. It's just all there is to it. In that particular situation, I think they would have been just as effective. Now, this is... Have a sling and a holster. A yeah. sling and a holster would have solved all the problems. Yeah. Sling your rifle, holster your pistol. You're there. Yeah. Show your deterrent. When you see a threat, right. address the threat. But you run out this and, you know, you're pointing at everybody. We saw the same thing with the lady uh, in, in the parking lot where the mom said, you know, you ran into my daughter. And instead of the, the the white lady going, hey, my bad, sorry, just apologize, move on, go about your mm-hmm. day. She she allows these people to continue to provoke her, they're cussing, whatever. She's, she's again, finger on the trigger, gun pointing at holding people at gunpoint. You're going to get prosecuted. Yeah. You are going to get prosecuted. You can say what's your right and whatever, that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. You ha- people have to. You're going to be lured into these traps if you act like Especially that. Especially as to these use days, as these groups move on, as they go, just use your head. Be smart. You don't have to go to jail, uh, but you do have an unquestionable right to defend your own life, your own liberty, and your own property. But there's why? Why give them? And here's the thing: why give them immune, more ammunition? You're not immune from prosecution. Why are? Why give them more ammunition to come after our rights if you're not going to be smart about it? I mean, I they didn't. Here's the thing: they didn't. They they went and seized their guns under what? There's no criminal accusation right. here at all. But you now have public support for this. Don't feed the public support. You know you can. Show up on the front porch, just stand there. When we train, we always we always train, you you shout the warning first. Yeah. Get away, get away. You don't point first, get well, away. I, first off, I, I mean, I, I would, what would I do? I'd have been there, I'd have had a sling on my rifle. It, you know, it's pointed in a safe direction. I, you know, and I stand there like Rambo. You, I mean, you show your arm. Mm-hmm. You're not coming on this property, you're not... You know, whatever. Now, you start yelling and talking, you're just, first off, that's what they're there for. You're just going to escalate that. The best thing, say nothing. If you want to stand there with your weapon, stand there with your weapon. Keep your mouth shut until they move on. If if they if they show that they're going to threaten your property, going to threaten you, you address the threat. But I just... Again, and people are people all testosterone well, up. It's not They're just that looking Casey. I don't know to you draw you into these situations. Yeah, I don't know if you saw the so that this interview, but they were already personally threatened. No, I, they were I, I, already personally I, threatened. So they were not, already on guard. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. So you, you're going to feed you're going to feed the dogs in the chat room. Okay, no, that's I'm not, not what I'm saying. I'm not, well, my I'm point just saying is, is, my point is, this is a trap. So yeah. talk tough out there all you want. You go out there, you know, because they're threatening and they're doing and they're saying something, they're whatever. Okay. Number one, most of them are a bunch of blowhards. All right. Their entire purpose is to draw you into this. Yes. Now look what's happening. Yes. They're being, they're being dragged through the court of public opinion. They have their gun seized and all this stuff. Now they're wealthy people. They're connected people. Will they likely get through this? Yeah, sure, probably. But but here's the, the thing. The average Joe would. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> the are, average are Joe. Are you huh? those people? Are right. you wealthy? Are you connected? This is a trap, people. Mm-hmm. This is what they're trying to do. Now, and we look at, we make our memes and we talk tough. But then you encourage other people 
to react in a similar manner and that they now see it works. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to do this to common people. So I'm not saying you don't have a right well, to protect your just... property, don't have a gun, whatever. What I'm saying is you, you need to be smart about what you're doing because you better recognize they're trying to instigate people into reactions. Well, and that and, was and the remember point. the process yeah. is the punishment. And this is what I was trying to, to point out before. The end goal is not you. The end goal is the elimination of firearms. Right. The end goal is those Marxists to be in power and you yeah. to have no way to respond to that. Yeah. And so which not gonna happen. Smart. They've already they've already let that Pandora's box is open because mm-hmm. now they have all of their radical friends who are now interested in firearms. So that I think that's now history. Yeah. That's not gonna happen. Yeah. There there are too many too many on the left now have well, caught the, the gun bug. But the reason that I brought this up to begin with was the understanding that you know, we have all this judicial misconduct that's happening. And I think that if we take the opportunity to look at presidential pardons and if it's really about judicial misconduct, we need to look around and see what's happening. You've got this prosecutor who is prosecuting the victims and not the criminals, who's actually calling the criminals peaceful protesters and the people who are actually engaging in constitutionally authorized activity they are called the criminals. And this is the way our judicial system has come around. We've got the Attorney General of Missouri saying uh, that he disagrees with Kim Garner, when in reality, he should be filing bar complaints against her. She should be removed from office for this violation of, of her constitution, both Missouri and U.S. constitutions. And so it's the judicial misconduct that has become so overwhelming today. And that's why we say... Which is my whole point. Yeah. My whole point. Yeah. They're looking for targets. Yeah. So... And they'll make you the poster Do what you want to do. Walk into this trap if you want to. Talk tough. Make your little tough guy memes. They'll make you the poster child. Yeah. They'll make you the poster child if you want to be. That's why I don't... But you don't don't have to be. But you can still protect your property within your rights. This is the same reason I've said this before i don't have stickers all over my vehicle mm-hmm. uh i you know you see all these challenge mag up challenge and all these things i'm not showing everybody all of my firearms that i have at in, at home <laughs> yeah. so you have all this i'm not posting all you that have on all the this internet tough guy me? broadcasting that goes on mm-hmm. um they're looking to make you a target so yeah. i don't i just don't understand We've gotten this mentality of, you know, take matters into our own hands and just just going wide open. Um, and I think that's a response of frustration because there is so much trap, guys. So much uh, disregard for individual rights. So much disregard for the Constitution. You're right. People are just frustrated. But this, just isn't frustrated. that the technique? Create the crisis yeah. so that you can offer the solution. So. I see the same thing happening here again because this is that's just two incidents. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm watching this over and over again. This is this is now, and it's why I'm trying to say this. I feel we have a responsibility to warn people. This is starting to be a pattern yes. where you can see this is a technique that they're using: mm-hmm. provoke law-abiding gun owners to react so that you can target those gun owners. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a feint to draw you out. Right, and you know, 
if you're not smart, well, it's military psyops. When you think it about is. it, you got to it absolutely you got to identify those who are going to oppose and those who are who are going to comply and and you know, and, and remember, them. George Soros has planted. They targeted state attorneys and and, and district attorney offices. Mm-hmm. So they ha- he has that organization has their planted prosecutors all over the country. Right. This is a trap. This is a setup. Mm-hmm. Those two people were set up. Yes. These marchers come through these neighborhoods and, and do all this stuff. Why? Why do they need to? Oh, we're on our way to the mayor's house. Why do you need to be at these people's house? You right. didn't. So they're they're trying to provoke stuff and draw people into these situations so that just like you said, you can get a handle, you can get some precedent, and and start trying to whittle away because you've seen now the popularity in guns and gun ownership has mm-hmm. now burst over the banks of ideological right. boundaries. Well, this has been a fantastic show, such rich, full of information to help inform you and to help us take control of of the active manipulation. There's so much manipulation, JC, through the media, uh, through these politicians, through the Marxists. Uh, I think this has been great. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Remember, if you get a chance to see us in Texas, stop by, say hello. Let us know that you are a uh, listener of the Daily Journal. We love to meet you guys. And also in Virginia as well. Go to chrisannhall.com. Check out our calendar. And you can also schedule future events with us. We're doing Zoom meetings as well. And we have libertyfirstuniversity.com where you can continue your education on the Constitution and American history at your own pace in your own home. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless you guys. We'll see you next time.